This is the Power of Partnerships, changing the game for digital transformation. Presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to help make the world a better place, it's time to run with the game changers, and this is where the best are. This is the second episode of our brand new series, The Power of Partnerships. We're so happy to welcome them to the Game Changers Radio family. Let me start off, as always, with a buzz quote. I have a quote here from Incinc.com from somebody named Jacob Morgan. Listen up. It's a short quote, but it will tell you what we're talking about. It seems like the war for talent is never ending. Just let that sink in. Okay. As we emerge, we're starting to emerge. We're hopefully emerging from the current global pandemic crisis. Attracting, hiring, and engaging top talent will still be a key topic in the boardrooms of leading edge companies. In other words, the war for talent, it ain't going anywhere. We still got it. One tech sector talent acquisition company found that 75% of companies in 2019, which seems like a whole millennium away, had problems finding candidates. And only 21% of potential, potential employees that they would want to hire worldwide were seeking jobs on an active basis. I have another statistic for you. The McKinsey Global Institute projected that by 2020, and we're here in 2020 now, and nobody could have projected what the world would be like right now. There will be 38 to 40 million fewer workers with college or postgraduate degrees, and this comes down to a mere 13% of what employers will need. So these drivers led SAP to develop a uniquely innovative program called Fresh Faces. I love that title. Supporting partners in the challenge of the talent gap and its impact on growth. I have three experts on this topic today. I'm so excited to have them here. We have Dietmar Killian at the PDA Group. We have Petra Maria Heeb at SAP. And we also have Jürgen Kleinstaba at SAP. They're going to talk about the business context of this global talent acquisition theme. And they're gonna, we're going to hear from them and people they know on the front lines. They'll share stories with us and the partners and the recruiting agencies involved. So topic today, what's keeping CEOs awake at night among a, t- a trillion gazillion other things, hiring and retaining top talent. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Shout out to Neil Cox and Maggie Goralska and Nuala Spooner. Nuala is the, the force, the engine behind putting these episodes together. And we appreciate you. Let's go around the table and start with introductions. I'm not going to read bios. I'd rather hear from my guests. Dietmar Killian, we'd love to hear from you. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. And most of all, Dietmar, what does this topic mean to you? Go ahead. Yes, thank you very much. So uh, great welcome also from my side. And uh, my name is Dietmar Killian and uh, I have a long experience uh, in the IT environment. I've worked for uh, different IT companies around the world. And then I changed back to the university as a professor for process project management and now also for digitalization. Uh, And um, around 12 years ago, uh, we had a spin-off out of our university named BDA Group, and we worked together with uh, many IT companies also around the world. And uh, so uh, I have also different other jobs around. So I work uh, also or support uh, the SCB Academic Board uh, as a co-lead for the German-speaking market. And uh, when I think what's important from my side, so... uh, 
you can see I work as a professor, I support different things. So for me, it's really important to uh, yeah, support young people that they can find the first step uh, in their business environment. And uh, they can uh, start with uh, great companies on the one hand, on the other side that they have, that they have the right skills uh, to start in great jobs. So, Dimar, I, have a, I yeah. want to ask you a question. I, I quoted the McKinsey Global Institute saying that by this year, there'll be fewer workers with college or postgraduate degrees. Are we seeing a lowering of expectations of students who go into college not finishing their degrees? Are you seeing that people are saying, I don't need that degree, jobs are changing, automation's coming in, why should I go to college and get a graduate? Are you seeing any change in the, in the academic side of this equation? Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as a professor, I think for me it's important that all my students finish their study program. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's clear. Yeah, I think that's really important from my side, and also for all the universities. So it's also about payments and other stuff. Yeah, but uh, when uh, I think uh, really important is that uh, you find uh, a nice job and you uh, have fun uh, to work in it. Yeah, uh, and uh, I think it's not really important uh, that uh, all the people uh, have. Uh, uh, finish degree or whatever. And uh, you can finish degrees also afterwards when you are working. So uh, it's not really important that you start with uh, many, many of degrees and you start in the job. I think it's more important that uh, you have a good experience uh, and then you have fun in the work. Thank you. We all aspire to have fun in our work, and I certainly do getting to talk to wonderful and smart people like all of you. Speaking of wonderful, smart people, let's bring on our second guest, Petra Maria Heeb. Petra Maria, pleasure to have you. My listeners don't know that we're actually in a Zoom room. We just started doing radio through Zoom recently, and I'm looking at the smiling faces. I think they're all smiling. Jurgen, you have to smile. The smiling faces of all of my panelists. So we're talking and looking at each other, which we've never done on radio. Petra Maria, please accept my welcome and tell us who you are and what you do. What does this topic mean to you? Thank you very much, Bonnie. Yeah, um, I think I I'm one of uh, the passionate, out-of-the-box thinkers and game changers that we have at SAP. And I'm also a very provocative uh, coach. And um, in the years that I'm already now with SAP, I've stick to sales because I always wanted to to create something new and to improve the way how we interact with our customers and with our partners. And as um, senior customer engagement executive for Business by Design, it's now our aim to create unique customer experiences. And this is only possible the more we are empathetic, the more we understand our partners, our customers, their pains, their challenges. This is one, the one hand side, and on the other hand side, I'm also one of the global mindfulness uh, lead teachers. And um, talking to people when we talk about leadership, um, we also see that people are looking for motivational, inspirational leaders that support them, but also that the employees start thinking about their own meaning. What is the purpose? Why I'm there? And um, here it's. Um, my aim that I can now marry my sales uh, experience with that, with the mindfulness practices that we offer at SAP to make sure that this is also a kind of wake-up call for the employees that they know, hey, this is the reason why I'm getting up in the morning to do this mm -hmm. job and I love what I'm doing. 
I love the way you express that. And I can tell that you enjoy what you're doing. Petra Maria, do you think that there's an expectation by the P I'm, I'm flipping around the question I asked Eatmore a minute ago. <clears throat> do you think that employers are stuck in the, you have to have this degree, that degree in order for me to even talk to you? Do you think that maybe life experience and previous work experience for perhaps an older generation coming back into the workforce or, or entering the workforce who didn't go right out of high school or college to work, do you think that those people offer new opportunities for the workforce to have more diversity, more inclusion, different points of view that will enrich a company? What's your thought on that? I fully agree with that because it's all, all has to tie together. So it's not uh to say, okay, I don't need the person with the uh, life experience because I'm, I'm new, I'm fresh, I have all the technology knowledge. No, it's, it's about collaboration, learning from each other, growing together, understanding each other. And um, yeah, and then creating something new, not to stick to something that has worked for the last couple of years. This will not be the future. So we have to make sure that to see what can I learn from this person? What can I learn for the other person? Then let's bring it together and then let's merge it together and then let's involve and, and uh, innovate and be creative. And that way we might solve the problem of the war. Well, you might be have different people more in demand than they have been in the past, but you might solve the gap because you'll be looking at more options, right? Deepmar is shaking. See, I get to see that my panelists are shaking their head in agreement instead of hearing the silent up and down. This is new. Let's go. Thank you, Petra Maria. Pleasure to have you on. Love your enthusiasm. <laughs> Jürgen Kleinsteuber. I got it right. Jürgen, please introduce yourself and tell us what does this topic mean to you? Go ahead. Yeah, Bonnie, thank you very much. Yeah, Jürgen Kleinschubber, my name. Uh, I'm now then more than 30 years in the IT business. Uh, I was leading as managing director, COO, CEO. There are a different type of companies uh, like uh, Great Plains, which was an American company here in Europe. Uh, then Great Plains Microsoft, uh, then uh, Planet Digital in Austria, which was a small company. So that means all the time I'm working in the area of the mid-market and all the time it was in relation to IT. And anytime I really was working with partners. And uh, what I learned here is that uh, partners are really important. So it's a very uh, agile and uh, very creative uh, environment. And partners are, let's say, a little bit like speedboats. And the most important thing I learned when I was leading as a 25 years old student, uh, I studied uh, business economics and electronics, I was leading a team of 20 ski instructors. And the task was really to yeah, teach more than 120 new ski teachers in the year here in, in Germany. And uh, you know, we have not so many mountains. And uh, all the guys in my team were like, uh, I was a student and these guys are leading companies or lawyers or uh, some cases also <laughs> professors at the university. And I must tell them or I must motivate them to, to follow me. And this was really a, a very interesting thing. And this learns me uh, KPIs are not the only thing yeah, to really get people on track and get people motivated and that people have fun and that they really uh, fight for, for their uh, fight for their business. Uh, it was really be empathetic, uh, get an understanding, create a network, yeah, uh, offer them new, new opportunities uh, to really uh, motivate other people. 
And uh, this was really very, very uh, yeah, helpful for me, for my business later on, where I was leading teams and companies. And also today, where I'm responsible in SAP for the partner ecosystem in MEE uh, to make sure that we have their performing pro uh, uh, performing projects that we have the right environment that our partners can grow and uh, so therefore that's my task make our partners in MEE happy and that's the reason why we have the CFPI program and one part of it is really help them uh, to fire to find the talents they need I'm fascinated by your ski story. You were a 25 year old student teaching executives. <laughs> that, that was something. And you know, Jurgen, we hear that in recent years where people like me who were boomers, baby boomers, don't want to leave the workforce. Hell no, I won't go. And, and we're saying, what can each demographic teach and learn from each other? What could a millennial teach me? What could I teach them? And we're looking at that sharing of knowledge, right, Petra Maria and, and right, Dimar? We're looking at that sharing of knowledge up and down that what we'll call the demographic cohort, the scale, and it really, age really doesn't matter. It's more, as Petra says, more about the experience. It's about what do you bring to the table and the inclusivity and what can we learn from each other? I want to cry because this is so beautiful. We're having one of, one of those moments here on, on Game Changers Radio. But it's really Really all about people that's that's what it really comes down to is don't pigeonhole and don't put somebody in you know the square peg in the round hole and I want to tell you all a, a quick story before we go and deep more I'm gonna get ready to use your quote in a minute uh, for those of you who are new to the show in our listening audience I asked my panelists in advance to send me a quote that technically has nothing to do with the topic and then they're going to relate it to the topic in their own words so we get to hear more about how they think but I was a, a young student with a bachelor's degree in psychology who moved to the West Coast uh, when my husband wanted to move us back to his, his part of the country in the US. And I ended up, I won't go through the divorce process with you, but I ended up uh, needing to get a profession and I needed to earn a living to take care of my children. And my parents sent me a bunch of brochures and they said, pick something. There's a couple of community colleges near you. You already have a bachelor's degree. Just go get something because they knew I loved learning and I loved being a student. So. I picked computer programming and operations out of a batch of brochures. And I went to the community college, which was, I didn't have a car. It was a bus, two bus rides away from where I live, not far, but two bus rides. And my kids were in, in daycare or they were in school. And I went and I said, uh, I, I want to learn what is this thing called computers? This was in the mid 19, late 1970s. I'm, I'm sharing a little bit too much here. And they said, the class is full. It's completely packed. But we tell you what, come every day and sit or stay in the back of the room for the first two weeks. At the end of two weeks, there'll be plenty of seats in the room and you'll have a place in the class. We guarantee it. And sure enough, this, wow, I want to be in computers. This, this newness wore off very quickly. People say, well, I don't want to do that. I can't understand that. So there were a few of us left. But the reason I'm telling you this is that most of us who were left already had college degrees. Many of them had gone on to become lawyers, but not quite finished that education. They didn't want to go into law. We had some architectural dropouts. We had some med school dropouts. And here I had a degree in psychology. And we became a hotshot crackerjack team of programmers and analysts back in the day when your title was programmer analyst. But we brought life experience. I was a young divorcee in my late 20s. We had people in their 30s, people in their 40s. And this might have been leading edge 
in the late 70s of people learning the computer skills. And so we were a brand new entry into the workforce that now we talk about, right? Coming in with life experience. And in those days, we already had it when we were getting our other degrees from a two-year community college. They hired me right out of that program, by the way, to run a whole statewide computer system for them. And I stayed. And that was an interesting thing. So I digress. Thank you for that. Dietmar Killian, we're up to your quote. You have sent us a quote from Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. I hope I pronounced that right. 1749 to 1832 German writer and statesman. He yeah. only wrote a few things, four novels, epic and lyric poetry, prose and verse dramas, memoirs, an autobiography, literary and aesthetic criticism, treatises on botany, anatomy. and co They really were very broad, skill-based in those days. Numerous literary and scientific <laughs> fragments, 10,000 letters, 3,000 drawings. And he's considered yeah. the greatest German literary figure of the modern era. So much for that. He here is the quote Dietmar has selected. After all, it is only yeah. the spirit that makes every technology come alive. Please explain how that relates to our topic. Dietmar, go ahead. Yes, <laughs> thank you very much. So for <laughs> me, it's, uh, it's the quote uh, on, on this part interesting that uh, he says, uh, it's important that we have people uh, to uh, create technology, to use technology uh, and uh, create innovation. So that's, that's in my mind, uh, uh, one of the sense of, of this quote from Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, and it's, it's a lot of years ago yeah, that he said this, and uh, I think it's, it's now also important that uh, things are going not alone. Uh, we as people, we have to work on it, we have to create it, we have to work together on it. Yeah? We have to work in teams uh, that we uh, create innovation. I think uh, at the moment, it's not one uh, guy alone uh, to create an innovation. It's really important that you work in teams, in diversity teams with different background uh, and uh, also with different culture. Uh, and that's one of the important things. And you said before uh, in the discussion, uh, it's uh, so when we talk with people uh, about new employees, so normally they said, uh, we have to set the fit of our company culture. Yeah, so uh, we have to find the right people. Uh, they fit with our culture. That's totally right. But uh, when you do this alone, uh, then uh, you have no innovation in there. So it's also interesting and really important that you uh, look for people. They are not really fit with the culture, but they fit with your goals for the future, with your vision. Uh, and that's that's one of the important things. And that's also what we are doing when we discuss with SAP partners. Uh, that we analyze, uh, okay, look for people, they do the work and they fit with your culture, but look also for people, mm -hmm. they inno innovate your company uh, and they help uh, internally in the company and uh, also with your customers uh, to create innovative projects. And that's, uh, from my side, uh, also yeah, related uh, to the uh, quote what uh, Johann Wolfgang from Goethe says. I appreciate that. You know what you're saying, Dietmar, I believe flies in the face of, of the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, leadership needs to have that broader view, don't they, Dietmar? They need to say it's not about fitting this job specific application requirements, job job skill set. It's about who are the people and what do they bring. That's that's a departure from the standard way of looking at hiring. It used to be you don't have these 15 skill sets and you haven't been to this kind of college and you haven't had this kind of internship. You're not going to get into this company. It used to be very much by the book. So what you're saying is it's not only innovative, is it would you say it's revolutionary or evolutionary in the past few years? What's your what's your thought about that? Which word do you prefer? 
I think you have to, to work on all these sites, not only on one. Uh, you need people, they, they are really fast and they can support your projects, they can work in the, in, in the project, they can help the customers, they do the normal work. Uh, it's, it's the same like in a football team. Yeah? Uh, you have not uh, all that have the same role, then you have not, not a good team. Yeah? And also in this area, I think it's really important that you have uh, people, they do the work, they, they support, they, they are more technology driven, and also people, they have different other skills uh, to work uh, in teams, they, uh, more integrative in the teams uh, and also they, they bring spirit in the teams uh, for innovation uh, and uh, so i think that's when you are looking for the vision of a company and uh, you relate this uh, to new employees or also uh, in the education of existing employees it's not only uh, that you're looking for new people it's also that you educate your internal people uh, and to motivate and open uh, these guys also uh, to, to work uh, aligned with the new colleagues uh, in innovation. And that's also the point why we can learn from together. So, uh, okay, I can say as my uh, role as a professor, I have learned all. I have learned a lot, but I have not mm -hmm. learned a lot. Uh, and I can learn from my students and I can learn a lot of from my students. And that's the point what we have uh, also to be open, yeah? Uh, for, for new things and uh, for innovation, to work together in innovation, I think that's, one of the really important points for all the companies when they are looking forward for the future. Thank you, Dietmar. Thoughtful answer. Appreciate that. Petra Maria Heba is waiting patiently. I can see that. She's thinking, when is Bonnie going to get to my quote? Well, it's right now. She sent us a quote from Steve Jobs, Stephen Paul Jobs, 1955 to 2011, American business magnet. And he was a magnet, the other spelling too, for ideas and for innovation. Hello. Industrial designer, investor, and media proprietor. Anybody in the world who doesn't know Steve Jobs. He was the chairman, CEO, and co-founder of Apple Inc., which changed the world. He was the chairman and majority shareholder of Pixar, a member of the Walt Disney Company's board of directors after its acquisition of Pixar, and the founder, chairman, and CEO of any XTXT in capital letters. He is rightfully recognized as a pioneer of the personal computer revolution of the 1970s and 80s, along with Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, who happened to be a contestant on Dancing with the Stars a couple of years ago, and Steve Wozniak didn't do too well. I'm just adding that as a sidebar. By the way, Petra Maria, I'll read the quote in a second. October 5th, 2011, the day that Steve Jobs left us was the day I started my first radio show for SAP, Coffee Break with Game Changers. And about two hours after we got off the air, we heard the news that the world... Mm, I get choked up, was morning Steve Jobs. So that's how I always remember the day I started radio for SAP. So here's the quote. Let's get to it, Bonnie. The people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Petra Maria, love this quote. Talk to me. How does this relate to our topic? Um, it's related to a topic to think about the world that I want to live in. And um, how should anybody know how my world should look like, and even when it's the corporate world, when I do not have the clarity about it. And first of all, I need to know what do I want to be changed? Why do I want to have it changed? Talk about others with this, so that we all understand how our world should look like. And then start to get on this. And do not wait for others to start changing my world. 
Very well put. Very, very true with what you said before and very, uh, very applicable. I see the other panelists smiling. This is really cool to be able to see my panelists <laughs> responding to each other. We have to start doing visual. Ra- I'm going to call it visual radio. Yes, the listeners can't see it, but we can in the room. This is really great. Thank you very much, Jürgen Kleinstauber. I'm looking at your quote. I have never heard of the person who is the source of this. It's Mehmet Moral, M-U-R-A-L, or Mural Ildan, a contemporary Turkish playwright, novelist, and thinker. Never heard anybody called a thinker before. And then the Rodin's Le Penseur, that beautiful, beautiful statue, that sculpture, the thinker. Uh, he was born in Elazig on May 16, 1965, in the eastern part of Turkey. That makes him a very young man. His literary career started in 1993 with a poetry book called Bright Candles. It was written in English and published two years later in Turkey in 1995. He didn't write anything after that for five years. And then in 1998, boom, he wrote stories for six months. He started writing plays, became a professional writer. He only has seven plays and 25 stories, a whole bunch of novels and a whole bunch of plays. I'll leave it there. Here is the quote Jürgen has selected. This is interesting. Are you looking for a lighthouse? Let me give you an advice. When you improve your own mind, you become your very own lighthouse. Oh, Jürgen, that's beautiful. I want to crochet that on a pillow, but that's a lot of lot of letters to crochet. How did you find this quote? What do you know about this young man? Talk to me. Uh, so, yeah, wh- how I found, found it. So uh, lighthouses for me, let's say, a, a very important symbol uh, in my life and also what I'm doing, because also in this case here, the, the partners are searching for lighthouses. Yeah? And, and on the other hand, it's really to become a lighthouse. It's really something which needs to start in your mind. And that's uh, uh, the, the, the purpose for, for why I did use it, because uh, when I want to become a lighthouse as a company, as a leader, as a, a company owner, as a student, I really have to change first things in, 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 my, bo- in my body, in my mind. And I need the, the right setup. If it's knowledge, if it's uh, how I structure myself, how I deal with others, then I can become a lighthouse. And lighthouses are important because they will help to change the world. Yeah, or to really make sure that success is being created, that the company is doing the right things, that the leader is really becoming a leader and uh, that the others are can following, following him. So he should be a lighthouse. And that's the reason why I said, hey, lighthouses we need, and, but you only can be a lighthouse if you start changing your thinking. I like that. Maybe we could all say together. I know Zoom doesn't like multiple voices, but let's all say together. I am, I'll am. i start. I am a lighthouse, then Dietmar, then Petra Maria, and then Jürgen. I am a lighthouse. Dietmar? Yeah. Oh, that's a, a, a tough question about it. No, yeah, just, so. just, no just, say, just say, I am a lighthouse. That's all I want you to say. I am a lighthouse. I'm a lighthouse. Petra <laughs> yeah. Maria? I'm a lighthouse. Jürgen? I'm a lighthouse. Okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Nuala, I'm sorry, we're having too much fun here. That was a phenomenal <laughs> quote, Jürgen. That was really, really good. Now we're going to get back to more serious business. We, If you're just tuning in, this is the power of partnerships, changing the game for digital transformation radio, part of the SAP Game Changers radio family. 
I think we're, I'm up to 50 different theme series under the banner of Game Changers since the year 2011. A lot of shows, really good panels, good topics. And we're speaking today with three very interesting people, Dietmar Killian at the PGA Group, Petra Maria Hebe at SAP, and Jürgen Kleinstaube also at SAP. And our topic today is important. What's keeping CEOs awake at night? My footnote is, in addition to everything else, hiring and retaining talent. The question today isn't just where do you find them, how do you keep them, and especially with the changing nuances of the workforce, a lot of people are not ever going to go back to an office setting, but they can still work for you in another way. So we're going through an evolution, perhaps not more, not a revolution, but an evolution in how and where and why we work. And that's what we're talking about is who is out there you might not know about that you can hire to innovate, expand the mission and the vision of your company, and not be afraid of innovative minds joining your workforce. I think that's our message here. There is talent, but you have to understand where and who they are. So now it's the part of the show where we go to our, our I'm not ready for crystal ball predictions yet. We're going to our discussion statement. So Dietmar Killian has sent me the following. Each panelist sent four statements. We'll see how many we can get through. It's not a race against the clock, but this is just the way to spark a good conversation. Let's try to take about two minutes each. So I'll read statement number one from Dietmar, and then I will invite Petra Maria to comment briefly, and then Jürgen, and then we'll pick a statement from Petra Maria. Same thing around the table, one from Jürgen, and then we'll go another round and see what we do. So Dietmar said the following, graduates of bachelor's and master's programs invest in complementary skills and are ready to take action when it comes to exciting jobs in the IT and digitization environment. Dietmar, take about two minutes, expand this for us, please, and let's see where we go. Yes, so I think uh, you can teach in, or you can uh, give uh, students uh, a good basic knowledge, but uh, the technology environment is uh, changing so fast and you cannot do all at the universities. And so uh, in this kind, I think the students are really open to learn by themselves uh, additional, um, to work on additional skills. And yeah. uh, based on this, I think it's really important that companies, also universities, they are in an innovation field, they offer the chance uh, to uh, young people to learn, to use this uh, knowledge uh, to prepare uh, themselves uh, to become really interesting jobs. And they are open uh, to do it. Yeah? So you have uh, to, to force, to uh, give them the chance uh, to learn more and uh, they will invest and afterwards. For the company, it's really the benefit that they uh, have young graduates uh, when they start in the company, they have skills to start really faster than before. Thank you very much. Petra Maria, join in. Thoughts about you? Agree or you're welcome to disagree with Dietmar. I fully agree with uh, Dietmar here because what is uh, needed now is to use their curiosity to learn about themselves. Mm -hmm. They want to grow, they want to, low, to, to have a meaningful work where they can create something new. And uh, the more we support them, the better it is. And, but we also have to consider when they then switch to SAP or to any other organization, that we also hear them, that we also listen to them. And not just say, oh, it has always been the way it has been and don't care about yourself. So I like it. You okay. Thank you, Jürgen. 
Join yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in, in relation, so I'm now taking the, the, the chair of, of uh, a partner leader. And uh, so from a partner point of view, yeah, they, they are they like it too. And uh, that's why I agree what uh, Dietmar said. So the, the normal education at the university is one thing. It's important so that they have the new knowledge, that they have a clear understanding of, about the new technology so that they also can innovate and can support the partners. But on the other hand, they're also uh, interested and they find a very interesting environment on the partner side. So also partners are now offering innovation rooms or offering them other, other uh, work-life balance things so that they really also can be open in, in other regions because they found out. And that's the reason why partners are also so important for us because they are very close connected to the customers. And to really be connected with the customers, you need more than only the, let's say, uh, uh, university knowledge. You also need to how to deal with, with with individuals and and explain and listen, and all those things are important for the purpose. So therefore, I totally agree with uh, with Dietmar. Thank you very much. Good around the table. I'm going to move on to a statement from Petra Maria. You mentioned this a few minutes ago. I'm looking at your number two statement, Petra Maria. We need to know a little bit about your perspective. You say the more we enter the digitalized world, the more we have to integrate methods like mindfulness into the corporate world. I've had mindfulness practitioners and innovators on my Game Changer shows a couple of years ago, not most, not recently. And I'm wondering what in your definition is mindfulness? How do you bring it into people are working hard they're trying to figure out what their teams need and what their jobs need and what they're right now what their families need and how do you bring in mindfulness it sounds to me like something that is almost idealized oh i should do some mindfulness practice no i got 20 things to do today that come first so talk to me a little bit about that and then we'll go around the table and see if jürgen and dietmar what they think about it petra maria go ahead thank you very much bonnie when I talk about mindfulness, it means to whatever I do, I pay attention to so that I'm not in autopilot as I'm used to do the business as usual. This means that the quality that I'm listening, for example, to my colleagues, to my partners, to, uh, to customers is that I've paid full attention. And also to be aware what is driving them, also to be empathetic, to understand why they are in this trouble to be able to offer them a solution. And mindfulness means uh, stepping out of our hamster wheel that we are in. And also when it comes to leadership qualities, to step out of the normal autopilot mode that we have, that we say we have to, do, we have to work now 12 hours uh, a day and then we somehow maybe have a burnout. It also means to care about ourselves and also to be a kind of lighthouse because we have had this uh, wonderful term of lighthouse for others to see to know where are your strengths that you know okay what are the boundaries that you need to perform and then also to be able to say now I need rest I need mm -hmm. to have a break so like we have now this VUCA world we are all at home working from with zoom and then also to realize hey 10 hours in front of Zoom, this is exhausting. It is. <laughs> yeah. When we are in the autopilot and when we are in our hamster wheel, do not even know it. We, just that we, that we remember at the end of the day, who I do not feel well anymore. Yeah. So this is when we talk about mindfulness and then to combine it with leadership. 
as a leader, I have to be crystal clear about what do I want and what my team wants or what is driving them. That was so beautiful. I think you just did it as poetry. Dietmar is, and Jürgen are smiling and shaking their heads. That was absolutely beautiful. Petra Maria, I could hear your your passion for this. It was, I'm watching you speak, but our listeners can hear how much this means to you. That's why we do these radio shows as a conversation rather than reading slides with a script because we want to hear who you really are. Thank you for sharing that. I, I really, I, I think we, we're done. Uh, let's go around the table. Here again, I'd love you to let, let's, let's take a mindfulness break. Let's all count to three. Mm, one, two, three. Okay, we can get back into the reality. We're on live radio. They're closing, they're closing their eyes, Petra Maria. They're, we're having a mindfulness break. This is beautiful. I've never done this on live radio before. Thank you. You're our new mindfulness guru. Jürgen Kleinstabad, talk to me. What do you think about this mindfulness concept and the concept that leadership has to understand and embrace this? What do you see? Um, yeah, like, like I said, in relation to the lighthouse, uh, to really be a lighthouse or be a leader or be, be really a, a role model, I think in the, in the near future, in the next four to five years, nobody will can become a real leader if he uh, doesn't on it, if he doesn't practice mindfulness. Yeah, because we are in such a fast changing world, so many things. Uh, Petra Meyer said, ha- "Hamster wheel." Yeah, so so many things are coming up per day. So uh, so many mails, so many things on different channels. So, and, and, and we need time to refocus ourselves and this can be done with mindfulness. And if we don't do it, yeah, I think we, have, we will become much more burnouts because we are in an exponential changing world, uh, which means our brain gets more and more and our brain is not, let's say, designed for this type of digital world. And, and therefore, uh, my personal belief, uh, mindfulness is a must be, Otherwise, uh, we as an individual in, in, in four or five years, we will, would become big problems to manage our daily, our, our daily work. We used to be able to go home after work, most of us, and now you are home already. There's no yeah. respite. There's no escaping. Deep Mark Killian, we'd love to hear your thoughts about mindfulness. What's your perspective, your POV? I think it's really important. So, uh, one of my professions is process management and normally you optimize processes. Yeah. But I had a long discussion uh, with a, with a customer years ago and uh, they have optimized their processes. And I said, uh, we have no place for uh, a paper uh, to optimize our processes. What we have to do now is to create breaks uh, to that. We, when we will do creation or innovation for our activities and also for our processes, uh, we have to work on it. We have to op- be open for this. Uh, and we have to give our people time uh, to do it, uh, to work on this. And I think that's when, when you go back to processes, but uh, it's for all of us, especially in, in the time. I think we have learned a lot uh, in, the, in the last couple of weeks uh, uh, to work only via uh, virtual things and so on. And especially on this, uh, I think, all of the people what I have talked to learned a lot uh, to uh, yeah, create more mindfulness for all of us. And uh, I think it's one of the big tasks for the future that you work with your employees as a manager, as a leader. Yeah? Uh, and uh, you have to integrate this when you be, uh, will be uh, successful with your company, with your activities. 
Thank you all. Petra Maria, great start to that part around the table. I'm going to offer three, three ways people seem to be finding that break, Petra, that Petra Maria, that, that respite, if you will. Number one, you can hardly in the United States buy flour or yeast anymore because so many people are baking as a way to get away from whatever the demands of their work life or their family are. Number two, I started painting watercolors on canvas about eight months ago, and I bought a, a whole shopping cart full of canvases. I'm down to the really big ones, which is a commitment. I went to buy refresh of my supply and the big art store in, in this part of the US, I won't name their name, they're out of inventory. I can't get 14 by 14s. I can't get 16 by 20s. I can't get any canvases. People are painting. And the third one, I, would, I can't even remember what it was. I'll think of what the third one was that more and more people are doing. I guess Zoom calls with family and friends as a wait. I, I know a couple in Florida who have a Zoom cocktail hour with their neighbors and they actually dress up. The men put on dinner jackets jackets or, or the women put on, on something frou-frou and fluffy or sequins and they have a cocktail of the day. I don't know whether they actually drink, but my friend Pat told me that she and her husband have Zoom cocktail hours with their neighbors and they started this two months ago and they had to, in my neighborhood, Friday afternoons, people have, we used to have a cocktail party called Fridays at five. Now they gather in driveways. I'm in two bands. A lot of my neighbors are in uh, musicians. I know quite a few. They're performing in their driveways with social distancing just to be able to get that. I think that's mindfulness, Petra Maria. What do you think? That's a way of saying, ah, I'm doing something that's fun. What do you think? When you have the full attention to that, what you're doing, then that's perfect. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. And I miss my band practice. I'm a drummer and I miss my band practices terribly. I love to go to practice, even though I have to bring the whole damn drum set in a truck. I, I, the kid, I, I miss being around people and playing. It's hard to play alone in a room with the track. It's just not the same. So I miss that camaraderie. But yes, mindfulness takes out all kinds of new ways to think about it. Let's move on, Jürgen Kleinstauber. I think I'm pronouncing it right, Stauber. Uh, I'm looking at your statement number three. I like this a lot. You say exponential growth and change require people, managers, and partners with high EQ to be successful, to integrate the new employees, and to ensure they can grow and influence the success of the partners. I'd like you to focus on the high EQ. I don't think we've touched on that yet. That's fascinating. So, Jürgen, you're up. What do you think? Yeah, so the, the point is, like uh, I mentioned before, we are in a, such a fast-changing world, yeah? so that really it's more and more important that we uh, are able to, to work very closely with other individuals, that we steer them, that we are a lighthouse. And for that, you really need a high emotional intelligence so that you can create empathy, that you really can walk in others' shoes. Because if you walk in others' shoes, so then it's much easier to understand what's going on. You can steer them better. You can really help them and also can become the lighthouse for them. And, and for this uh, emotional intelligence is, is really one, one of the keys. And if you know yourself, then you really can deal uh, in a much better way uh, with, with the others that so you can deal with the current situation. And also, yeah, and, and the current time presents it very well. So there is work, there's an additional challenge now. Yeah, and now it's more important uh, without any dedicated contact in the office to, to manage your, your, your team or your, 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 your colleagues. And therefore, 
uh, empathy is important, connection is important, and therefore you need the, the emotional intelligence that you really can deal with emotions and, and, can, and can work with it. Jürgen, how do you determine or assess emotion, that EQ? How do you do that? Is there a way to test somebody? We were talking about job qualifications with DeepMar a little while ago and, and letting people bring their life experience, their work experience, and not just how many degrees they have. How do you do that? Is that one of the challenges in the talent war is picking people who will embrace mindfulness, Petra Maria, who will understand that we're looking, you're looking for innovative additions who will be heard. Somebody said you have to listen to them, not just hire them and stick them in an office or a cubicle or, or at home on a, on a, a PC and with a monitor and meet with them every day. How do you get that emotional intelligence is there a, a method for it is there a test for it is it oh my god you've been here a month and we hate you you can't work here anymore <laughs> i'm sorry i've been in those situations you're gonna is there a, a magic yeah. bullet for this no that's not magic so that's that's uh, yeah human i would say yeah and yes uh, each and everybody can test themselves yeah, where you are, how you react, how you really feel yourself, how you feel your emotions into yourself, how you uh, can, let's say, feel what's going on with you, and then also check how you are really uh, able to to get an attention what's going on with my with my friends with my colleagues so these are very easy ways but in relation to job yes there there are tests yes and the most important thing is emotional intelligence you can learn it yeah you can you can be coached you can learn it by yourself so it's nothing uh, if for example you are not good enough right now in relation to to such a test hey no problem so you can learn it you can learn the different uh, dimensions and i know that petra is the expert here to also let step into the dimension and uh, also say how mindfulness can help in the different dimensions petra maria you have been summoned. Go ahead, expert. Talk to us just briefly, and then we'll get Dietmar. Petra Maria, what's the, what's the word from on high about this emotional intelligence? Does it exist? It is, it is uh, existing. And uh, I would like to reference uh, one Harvard Business Review. Mm -hmm. And the Harvard Business Review has asked 700 people what qualities had the highest impact on their success. And eight out of 10 nominations have all been related to EQ qualities, like mm -hmm. being um, creative, being uh, innovative, um, being a visionary, collaboration, um, yeah, inspiration, integrity, etc. So we know what we are talking about when we when you ask people, tell me about, tell me about the attributes of an inspirational, very good leader. And, this, and relating to your questions, how we can um, test this when we mm -hmm. have somebody and a new hire in front of us, something came into my mind. Ask, why does the person want a job? What is the purpose of this person? And then look into the eyes. If the eyes are sparkling, then I think you're, it's a good choice. Not sparkling from desperation, sparkling from, <laughs> from authenticity and real interest. I love that. Deepmar, join us. What do you think about this emotional intelligence business? Are you in on it? Uh, yes, I think it's really important. Uh, but um, I think it's not so easy to learn or to work on it for all the people. Uh, and, uh, but uh, a minimum of, of skills in this area, I, I think it's important for all when they are working in jobs. 
Yeah? Uh, but uh, especially for leaders, uh, uh, they have to work really hard to expand, to uh, have more skills in this environment, to motivate people, to uh, integrate uh, people in the teams and to uh, create also the, um, I think that the basis or the, the wave of openness uh, in this area for all the people in the team. Uh, and I think it's really important for the future and around all this technology what we have. Yeah, I think this is one of the key elements and uh, Petra Maria said before this, this study, I think that's really a, a realistic outcome uh, of the study, what's really important for people in the future. Okay, thank you very much. We're just about at the part of the program where we're going to talk about the crystal ball predictions. I want each of you, we've got, we've got a minute left. Let me just go around the table and say, is there anything else on anybody's mind that you want to share? I have about two minutes before we launch into our 60 second each prediction. Uh, Dietmar, since you were first, anything we didn't cover that briefly that you would like to add to the conversation? Uh, from, from my side, I think it's fine. I think uh, it's, it's really good uh, what we have discussed. And uh, I think it's important uh, for me uh, to support young people uh, and to give them the chance uh, to, to go ahead and to find the right jobs and the right environment. I think that's really important uh, to, especially for our older people. Yeah? Ooh, uh, to help we have there. older people. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Sure. Yes, know. I'm old enough. Next next year I'm sixty. So uh, oh I my think God. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's really important that uh, we give young people the chance, and we learn also for them. Yeah. So I think that's the the way. Well, early happy birthday, sixty. I think it's the new forty-eight. So you're you're just going <laughs> to revisit your your Jurgen. I want to bring you up next, Jurgen. I understand you can tell us just quickly about the Fresh Faces program, which I mentioned in my opening. What is it? Yep. So I think that's a very important key initiative we are, which we did start. So the first pilot we did run and we see partners want to hire, partners hire. And that's a really very uh, nice cooperation with, between the university. Where Dietmar with PDA is helping uh, that our 140 partners in MEE yeah, so uh, they reflect our cloud focus partner and they want to hire. For example, we have there an audience of 15 partners and they told us until 2023, 15 partners want to hire 8,000 new team members. And that's the reason why we did set up this Fresh Faces program, because we got a clear understanding partners cannot grow if they will not find the resources. Yeah, and that's something where, where we now established this program. The general rollout did start one week ago so that all the partners here in MEE, which is the German speaking area of Europe and Eastern Europe, uh, can participate. And uh, yeah, so all the 140 partners are now able to, with our help and uh, Dietmar and the universities, to find the graduates, to get the new ideas, to get to be inspired. Uh, and that's a, a very huge program, which is, uh, yeah, I, very, very well welcome from the partners. And we can see that, uh, yeah, a lot of them are reg registered uh, for the program and want to be part of it. And the pilot told us it works very, very great. Exciting and just in time, right? The world needs that. Thank you very much for that, Jurgen. Dietmar Killian, I have 60 seconds with your name on them. What is your prediction? What will change if you want to go to five minutes after we're off the air today or the end of 2020 or what, what we're all going to be drinking on New Year's Eve to say, thank goodness 2020 is over and we're still here. Yeah, 
yes, yes, yes. No, I'm looking for a prediction about the topic, the war on talent. Where do you think it will be um, anytime after, after right now? 60 seconds, Mr. Killian, you're up, go. Yeah, so I think it's changing after this time a little bit, but uh, companies are looking for uh, new creative uh, employees. And uh, so also now uh, intelligence and open people have really the chance uh, to find interesting jobs. Uh, and the IT environment uh, gives all of the people uh, in the world the chance to start. Uh, and uh, you can find a lot of additional uh, education programs and so on. Use it, do it, uh, and uh, you can work really hard on your future. I like that. Work hard on your future. Petra Maria Heeb, you're up next. What do you see in the crystal ball? Go ahead. I would like to close it with a quote. A leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but ought to be. <laughs> And leaders have to start now with reflecting on their leadership skills to start uh, the journey with themselves. And when we do this, when we have understood this, then there will be so many people that they want to work for this company that we cannot even hire all of them. So, lighthouse. <laughs> we, want we want to have lighthouses, a lot of lighthouses. Petra Marie, out of, out of uh, oh my goodness, I do about 200 live radio shows a year and uh, thousands and thousands of panelists. I can't remember the last time anybody picked a quote as part of their prediction, so I applaud you. That might be something I suggest to future panelists. Very clever and very well done. Thank you. We got two quotes from you, two for the price of one. Thank you. Jürgen Kleinsteuber, we're ready for your prediction. What do you see? 60 seconds. That's it. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, so I see that uh, the partners are more important uh, for this whole IT business in the, in the mid-market. And uh, I see that they are hiring and that they can grow, they will grow, and that they really will help the customers in the mid-market to make sure that they get what they want. And uh, that's really important also, let's say, in the middle of a crisis and afterwards, uh, because they are fast, they are agile, they are, in, uh, let's say, very, very creative. And uh, therefore, the hiring uh, of, of new talents is essential for the partners to really be in, in the middle of the new technology and make sure that they really are also survive uh, in the next uh, and, and that they prepare themselves for the next couple of years. Yeah? And uh, if they really then also take care of all the other things we, we discussed, and I believe and I can see that also our partners are now becoming more interested in emotional intelligence and the stuff. I see very positive uh, business and growing for our partners. Thank you very much. And I think we can say that when you bring the right people into your team, into your workforce, they become your partners in your vision, in your mission, in where your company is so important right now. The reopening, the retooling, the reprioritizing, the re-looking at maybe you want to join forces with your competitors and make new creative, innovative partnerships because you can combined be stronger than you were individually. I'm just pontificating here. I want to thank my panelists. I want to do a shout out to Neil Cox and 
Maggie Goralska at SAP who sponsored this wonderful series. Noella Spooner did so much work behind the scenes. Noella, everybody give a, a round of applause for Noella. She, she really rocked this. Thank you to my engineer extraordinaire, Aaron Keller at Radio, <laughs> Radio Red. That's me. At Voice America, the business channel. We appreciate Aaron. I know you can't talk today, but we could see your text messages and feel better. And here's my closing call to action. Fasten your seatbelt, even if your car is getting three months to the gallon like mine is. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Deep Mark Killian at the PDA Group, just like Petra Maria Heeb at SAP, and just like Jurgen Kleinstuber at SAP. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Be safe, be smart, and be well. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Power of Partnerships, changing the game for digital transformation. Presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.